Hello and welcome to this very, very late episode of Songwriting Idiots, which does have a reason which we will get to. But before we do all that, howdy, Don. How y'all doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, sir. How are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm doing mighty fine myself. Thank you for asking. This may be a sneak peek of what we got coming up today. It might just be. In terms of genre. But let's get back to British, Dan. Um, <laughs> just for my, now. My best attempt at it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be back. Good to see you. It's good to be back and nice to see you. This is a very special episode. We've reached the end of a road, haven't we? It turns out we've completed music. We've completed music. We didn't know it for a while. We had to think on it for a bit. We did. Ever since August. But yeah, I think we were through. We've we've we completed the final boss. Yep. Which was hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> Basically true. Yeah, it's kinda true. Yeah. And so uh we are here at the at the at the end of the road. Yeah. So those of you who listen for a while know that we work in season and we had all intentions to finish season three, which we're in right now. But we realized first of all we've finished music, second of all, we've got very little time on our hands and third of all our focus kind of went elsewhere without hinting at too much because there might be another project coming your way very soon <laughs> so Dan, we decided that this is going to be the last episode of songwriting it's today but given that we're going to have something quite special for you dan do you want to tell our dear listeners what we've got in store today well first of all we are going to take a little listen at what we did last time. Been two damn years going from bad to worse, and now that weirdest call me boomer to get from worse to perverse. They go from Sputnik and vaccines to destruction machines. Faster than a virus spreads cheese. She can't help but feel like she's in the end of days. Yeah, I almost forgot. <laughs> yeah, that's a hip hop. No? Yeah, that was that was, uh, that the, was the final, the final boss. boss. Yeah, completed, destroyed, dominated. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> lost a few lives along the way. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are in bonus territory, and uh, for us, bonus territory means one of our favorite genres of all time. For long-term listeners, you know that at the end of a season, we do a special little thing. Right. First season was Christmas songs we did together. Secret Santa, all-time classic. I don't know who you are, did you come falling down the chimney? Have I been a naughty boy again? Naughty, 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 dad. The only way I'm going to And then uh, we followed that up at the end of season two with a second certified banger. <laughs> Apreski. Apreski. And uh, we did Draigi. Kimft, Genesen, oder geil. And uh, all we can say is if you've not listened to that, go back and have a listen to that. <laughs> you will not be sorry. And we are now at the end of season three and at the end of Songwriting Idiots. And therefore, it's time for us to take a little trip down a country lane. <laughs> An old third road. <laughs> and we're going to talk about country music today. And boy, do we have a treat in store for you. We do. We do. Because... This is going to be a bit different again at the end of every season, even if it's an early one. We're not going to have two songs. It's not like me and Dan wrote a song each, but we wrote a song together. And in fact, and we're going to talk about this a bit more at the end of the song, we already wrote eight. 
<laughs> and we formed the country band. And there might be an album coming out at some point next year. So be very excited about that because we kind of are. But let's, before we do any of that, shall we quickly talk about the history of country music? I'm very curious how you're going to talk about the history of country music in five to eight minutes. Impossible. Yeah. So time starts now. So let me take you back to a place we've never been before. The blues. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, we have to start earlier than the blues for once. So that is actually kind of something new. But the blues is going to play a role in no time, don't you worry. If we want to look at what we now call country music, you can go back quite far. You can look at immigrants coming to the US as early as like the 18th century. And we're looking at one region in particular. That's the, I think it's pronounced Appalachia. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I always get it wrong. And the Appalachian Mountains and that overall area in the north of Georgia, up into Tennessee, South Carolina, that that kind of area. And uh, you had a quite interesting mix of people going there. There were a lot of Scots going there originally, also people from England, other parts of the UK, but also other parts of the world. And there were also black African slaves there. And in this kind of somewhat weird, very colonial scenario... You had this first thing that we would now call a root of country music evolved, which is simply called Appalachian music. It's, I guess, most similar to, to what we now call bluegrass, but it wasn't bluegrass. It was just a very, you know, in the most neutral sense of the word, primitive music. So not very codified and all of that. But I will use a lot of string instruments. The fiddle played a big role, banjo, and uh, also some others. And that is really the route i guess but when we now go into the early 20th century we see this getting mixed with the new blues which also really started in the in the early 20th century coming from the former slave black communities of especially the south um, of the u.s a bit further west though and they they merged and especially from the 1920s on we really have this thing we now call country music and it it really coincides with the first era of recorded music as well right so the 20s is the time when radio starts i mean the most famous country radio show the grand Ole opry started in 1925 and uh, a bit before that you also had the first recordings of this thing that still no one called country where these kind of influences from the appalachians mixed with the blues ish it was simply called hillbilly music at that time <laughs> when this was still kind of a not so prerogative term i guess and yeah from there it really started to develop so you have a lot of faces and you know you can only scratch the surface but that's where it started one of the first stars would have been the carter family for example like a, a really big one and also jimmy rogers uh who played a big role there and we have a lot of evolutions from there so at that time, you also had the thing starting that's called Western music, which is actually not really country. It's basically movie scores, film I think, scores. I think of like spaghetti westerns and Ennio Morricone, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. was later, but actually even, even like the early Western music from the 20s and 30s was basically written for film usually and came from okay. Hollywood. <laughs> Western. It kind of makes sense. Can I imagine right? it with kind of this like... Beat? Later on, yes. Okay. But actually, yeah, the, the, the Western styles, uh, maybe not so much uh, Western music as we call it now, but especially Western swing that kind of started in the big band era. That was also the first time that something we now kind of 
somewhat labeled under the umbrella term country actually use drums. Drums really actually came quite late to the country sound, um, like properly in the mainstream only in the 50s and 60s. But yeah, in the West, that was a bit earlier. And it really kind of sprawls from there, actually. So there's a lot of different styles of country that, that started to happen. Funny thing is that the instruments that we now consider most country were around from the very start. So the guitar played a role from the 20s on, so did the bass. The drums came a bit later. And funnily enough, the steel guitar, the pedal steel, was around since the 1920s, having made it over from Hawaii. And that's actually a fascinating story, how that made it over. Um, Grady Smith, a really cool country YouTuber, shout out if you're listening. I don't think he is. There's some really cool content. He had a video about the history of, of pedal steel in country music, but also in general, weird story. So that was all there, basically. The drums came a bit later, and from the 50s, 60s, we really see this kind of sprawl of subgenres emerge, right? You have the honky-tonk, which, which is still a very important kind of, you know, the kind of party, kind of, kind of pure raw country music is still here in bars today. You still had this kind of Western swing influences with like bigger bands and bigger orchestrations. Then Nashville kind of started using that and Nashville really became a force to be reckoned with in like the late 50s, 60s and produced a lot of really kind of polished music. That kind of old school country we you sometimes still hear with like lots of strings going on in the background and very poppy in a way. Dolly Parton-esque maybe? Uh, before, before Dolly before Parton. Before that, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, then you had a reaction to all that coming from Texas, usually, or all the reactions <laughs> come from Texas, with like the this kind of uh, old outlaw country. So uh, Willie Nelson would be the big name there, but there are, there are others. And, uh, and so th- then you still had the more popular side of country in the in the seventies and eighties. Dolly Parton would fit in there, and then really like just when you thought it was kind of over, you know that kind of ebbed off in the, in the 80s and there wasn't all that much like maybe Alabama and some other bands but not much great country in the 80s and then came the big revolution uh, it's the the class of 89 it's called because a lot of the artists that are now heroes in the country music world recorded their first albums in 89 and therefore defined the decade that came the biggest one would be Garth Brooks um, he started this whole thing probably with Friends in Low Places and what a tune that is. But also Alan Jackson, also many, many others that really defined this 90s sound. And I guess we both agree 90s country is the way forward, right? It is the absolute bomb. It's really good. And, and that is when we started to get a lot of the rock influence in country, which still dominates today, right? So you got electric guitars, you get heavier drum grooves, um, electric basses, which were quite popular before. But you still had slide guitars, and you still had some fiddle here and there. The further west you go, the more fiddle you have. And if you've got to play in Texas, you better have a fiddle in the band. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that basically takes us to today. So that, And now there's still ebbs and flows, right? It's, it's, it's a constant fight between the traditionalists who would probably, you know, 90s is even considered to a certain degree a neo-traditional kind of sound, right? And that is still very much around and people try to emulate that or go even more traditional. Then you have the really poppy side, usually pushed by some labels in Nashville, some radio stations as well. And uh, you have everything in between. You still have outlaw country to a degree. You still have this kind of Texas and Oklahoma red dirt scene, it's called. That's completely separate from it all, usually. Not always. It's just a huge thing. And I guess today, mainstream country is still very rock-driven in many ways, usually is. If you look at like Luke Combs, who dominated recently, or Morgan, Morgan, Morgan Wallen. Yeah. So, yeah, more on the rocky side of things. But yeah, that's 
as short as I could make it. That was a, a history whistle, of country, music. a whistle stop tour of uh, country music, and yeah, it's interesting because like you start to hear more and more the pop influences coming in, don't you? Like, there's auto tune now, for example, in some country music. Yeah, but so, you had the same thing in the seventies already, right? It's just an ongoing yeah. battle. Yeah, and I get the sense that it's becoming more and more popular. And also, I would argue maybe that it's not even a pop influence. It might even be a hip-hop influence. Mm, yeah. Hard to say. Yeah. Because obviously, a lot of hip-hop artists really popularized that sound recently, right? Or recently-ish. So it, obviously, that also plays a role. Yeah. Everything kind of cross-pollinates there, right? Mm. But I would argue you really have these waves. And yeah. if you say it's becoming more popular, I, I tend to agree. But at the same time, you have the opposite movement going on at the same time as well. Yeah. And I guess that wasn't very different 40 years ago, and it wasn't very different 60 years ago. Yeah. It's it's just what it is. It's a very broad genre with a lot of subgenres and a lot of space for, for you know, different styles and different ways of, of approaching it. Mm-hmm. And it tends to always be about particular themes, right? Yeah. I mean, bars, drugs, girls. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> There was this um, really uh, fun song. I, I, I think I showed you recently, right? Uh, by David Allen Coe. He was one of the kind of OG outlaw country guys. Mm. Him and William Tellings and mm. yeah, Willie Nelson. And he had this song. It's called You Never Even Called Me By, by My Name. Doesn't really matter. Good song, though. From the late 70s, I think. And uh, he had this last verse in that song where he says, like, so an old friend of mine, he wrote this tune for me. And he said it was the perfect country song. I wrote him back and I said, no, it's not a perfect country song because he didn't write anything about mama or prison or uh, or trucks or trains. Or getting drunk. <laughs> or getting drunk. And then he just did another verse just doing all those and yeah. using all of that. And that also didn't change much, right? You still yeah. have these kind of tropes that just have to be there. It's not country if it isn't. <laughs> and that leads us very nicely into our own country song where we very much tried to do that. <laughs> Ah, and it's the best time of the show because we get to open our beers and unfortunately I screwed up again at the very end of, of, of the road. of the. You had one job. Ah, I opened the beers already. It's all right. But it's okay. I forgive we, you. Yeah. We are drinking our current favorite, I would say, Augustina from Munich. It's Oktoberfest time after all. Yep. Old friends of the show. Yep. Cheers, pal. Cheers. Ah, so, before we listen to any song, do you want to give our dear listeners a bit of background of on what we were up to when we were not doing songwriting in <laughs> a couple of weeks and months? Well, it's probably important to say that we're currently sat here, me wearing a cowboy hat and you wearing a trucker hat, to give you an idea of the uh, the direction that we've gone. <laughs> uh, you can see that on our Instagram. On Instagram, yeah. So we decided uh, a little while ago now that we would like to, you know, start playing a bit of country music. So then we can write some country songs. We both realized, I mean, Ralph, you introduced me to country music. I'd never really listened to it much before, apart from, you know, Achy Breaky Heart, which we've since learned is a great line dancing song. We learned the dance. Yeah, we've already learned the dance. And we thought, you know what, why don't we try and write a few country songs? And we gave ourselves a name. And our name, drumroll, is The Brothers Bait. Mm-hmm. that backstory you will hear another time <laughs> yeah <laughs> you'll discover on our wikipedia page when we're doing our arena tour any moment now any moment, any any week now and we've uh decided to write a country album we've already written eight of the ten songs planned yep. and it's a concept album around our brother 
He's called Hank. Bait. Hank Bait. And he gets into all sorts of trouble. Ooh. He is one troublemaker before the law. He is. He's a rebel. He's a rebel with a cause. <laughs> Whatever that may be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to discover. And the big plan for next year is we are going to hit America hard. It won't know what's hit it until it realizes it's us. <laughs> it's going to be good fun. And the album has to be out before that, obviously. Mm. But shall we? Shall, shall we listen to a tune? Let's listen to a little tune that we, uh, a little ditty we came up with. Yeah. So this song is called "No Spare Parts for Broken Hearts," and it's about our brother Hank. He's just left his lady. He's driving along a red dirt road, and his truck breaks down, and he happens to break down at the exact same moment, internally and externally. Have a little listen. Here we go. No spare parts for broken hearts. Oh, 
feels right that feels like the way we're gonna go isn't it yeah yeah i i, I gotta say i love that <laughs> <laughs> i might be i might be biased but it's <sighs> a it's a song that we had a lot of fun writing we we actually wrote it in a car do you remember the or the concept at least right yeah and then from a, on the way back from a beer holiday yeah <laughs> what a surprise <laughs> and uh yeah uh we hope you enjoyed it too and if you want to hear more of that you will do. <laughs> or you can, anyway. Yeah. Because I guess the easiest way to do this, we, we have an Instagram for Brothers Bait, and we'd be happy to have you there. So follow the link in the show notes, or just search for Brothers Bait. That's B-A-I-T. Yeah, like, take the bait. Yeah. Yeah. Which is going to be our first stadium tour. Take the bait tour. <laughs> yes. 2023. Yeah. And yeah, follow us there, and you'll be up to date. I, I guess we're... We've got big plans. It's it's gonna be a gonna be a tough one. We want to re-record all those ten songs. We only have demos at the moment. Send them off to someone, hopefully in Nashville, to mix. And let's trust Fiverr. <laughs> yeah. And then a Brit and an Austrian are gonna travel to to the states to hopefully play our stadium tour. Yeah. And if not, have a couple whiskeys down the road. <laughs> yeah, that will be fine. And maybe drive a pickup truck. That'd if be we're nice. lucky. That would be good. That would be good. So yeah. That's the end of Songwriting Idiots, and it's the beginning of British Bait. <laughs> and just, <laughs> I love that this is our lives. Yeah, from one <laughs> frankly ridiculous project to the next. Speaking of frankly ridiculous projects, do you have a favorite kind of song, memory, thing that you, looking back on the past sort of two and a half years of Songwriting Idiots, any any, any particular moment that stands out for you? <sighs> Are we getting nostalgic, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful. I'm, I'm actually, you know what? I'm looking through our albums on Spotify now. Mm. And, I mean, there were a lot of good moments. So, like, we, we started with pop punk and, I mean, 
some people, and it's one of the few achievements of my life, still sometimes just break into song and do Danny, Danny's Rich Man. So, including myself. <laughs> very much including yourself. But uh, I've had many, many good memories. Now, I don't think I can really name one, honestly. It was really very hardcore learning curve. So during the last two and a half years that we were doing this, which is madness, I learned how to kind of record and edit music, at least to some degree. And we both learned a lot about songwriting. And it's really just a combination of all these things. Just looking at the list here, just the fact that, for example, in the second season last year, we started doing a death metal song, going straight from there into a cappella and into disco and then back into jazz thinking about that is is madness doing that in the in the course of seven months like every month a different one of them it was a hell of a ride and i'm i am i'm hard pressed to give you any more specific answer how about yourself so uh two things that i remember strongly uh both season one related actually uh one was our disney episode yeah because we had to not only write the songs but also write a story <laughs> which we're very grateful for nikki my wife now woo, woo. um a good wedding yeah thanks um <laughs> she uh wrote us a story to write music to and uh we always laugh about your song because <laughs> it, it it was this fever dream uh fever dream fairground ride of a song <laughs> sometimes i do have it in my head and it's all those like like we just laugh because you hated it so much now i'd actually like it yeah it's it's it was just so funny and then ha- ha- pretending to be a very very british villainous donald dump oh, and his oh. his assistant mike dense that was be- i had a lot of fun doing that the other memory I have is uh, of our season review of the season one, where we decided to do Secret Santa, our Christmas oh, song, yeah. in all genres. What what an idea that was. It was uh, really cool. So that's also worth listening to if you get a chance to. <laughs> the the season one mix of Secret oh, Santa. Wow. Yeah. The things we come up with. Think of all, also the people we met doing this, you know. Like, I still remember that story Tommy told us, Tommy Carpweiss, when we had him on the show, about his first job at this cowboy-themed park yeah. somewhere in Bavaria in the early 90s. Ridiculous. And, and ah, it was a good ride. It was, it was a great ride. And thank you for being on this ride with us. Obviously, all the episodes will stay online so you can enjoy our back catalogue uh, at your leisure. Yeah, and as mentioned... There are two albums already on Spotify. I guess there's going to be a third one. So all our songs are going to be on Spotify and all other streaming services. And, well, I mean, that's the end of a road, but it's also the beginning of a new one. A red dirt road. A red dirt road, indeed. So please, please, please follow us on Instagram, Brothers Bait. Turn us for the ride. It's going to be a wild one. And until then, all I can say is, howdy all, stay safe out there, and I'll see you next time. Howdy all. Howdy all.